Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the programme this week, we head to Glasgow for the Commonwealth Games as New Zealand claims its first gold medal. We talk to the coach of the champion men's sprint cycling team. We catch up with boxing medal hope Alexis Pritchard ahead of her first bout. We hear from the All Blacks captain Richie McCaw as he makes a well-timed return from injury for the Crusaders' Super Rugby semi-final. We pick the brain of the Warriors winger Manu Vatuve ahead of their NRL litmus test against the table-topping Seagulls. And we chew the fat with the English Premier League football manager Alan Pardew as his Newcastle United squad continue their New Zealand tour. The track cyclists have claimed New Zealand's first gold medal in Glasgow with the sprint team storming to victory in a Commonwealth Games record time. The world champions entered the event as heavy favourites and qualified fastest. In the final, Ethan Mitchell, Eddie Dawkins and Sam Webster overcame some pre-race gamesmanship from their English opponents to sprint to victory in emphatic fashion. Gail Woods spoke to coach Anthony Peden in Glasgow who says he couldn't have asked for more from his gold medal winning team. The elation's huge. What a way to start off the games for New Zealand, full stop. What a way to start off our games and my program and the boys. Um, I'm happy, real happy. Uh, Obviously that, what, that's what you're hoping for, but what happens when it actually all just comes together like that? Oh, it's a good feeling, isn't it? Um, I don't know. You just sit there back and enjoy it, really. You know, it's As a coach's point of view, my biggest challenge and biggest wish is to, to bring my athletes to a competition in the best possible form that they have. I was an athlete and that's all you can ever want is to be arriving in the best form and with, with no questions or well, what if we did that or what if we did that. We knew coming in here we've done everything we could. We came prepared and, and today the boys actually showed it. it doesn't matter what we do in training, you've got to deliver it today and they did. They did, it, they did it well. I wasn't sitting there watching it. I only ran off the track with them to tell you the truth um, and I've still got my voices in there somewhere. Um, it was fantastic. We qualified fastest, broke the Commonwealth record. We come out, we went faster again and broke the Commonwealth record again. So the boys are, you know, that's just, that's what I, I just love that. I love it. A lot of pressure on them really though too. To, without to a doubt, without a doubt, you know. They, you know, they, they made the world sit up and take notice in, uh, in March in, in Colombia by taking the world title. You know, and that, that, that wasn't a shock. They've been, they've been working hard for a lot of years. This program hasn't come overnight. The boys have they've done a lot of hard work and... Um, it was just really putting it together and polishing it to make it, fine-tune it and make it happen. We did that. Now we had to really, the world the world's was on our shoulders today because we are the world champions in this. And But as I said to the boys before this morning, that both our rivals have won world titles. And one of them in particular has won two Olympic gold medals in this same event. So they know how to win. Even if their form wasn't well, they know how to do it. Uh, so there's a bit of pressure there. We couldn't make a mistake. And it's such an event that's so short, three changes, 40... Three seconds. Um, execution was everything, and they did it. They did it twice. They did it perfect. You see that you know it took three riders to win it. That's right, without a doubt. You know, um, there's no question that we need a great start, and Ethan Mitchell has done that every time. And without a great start, it's pretty hard to win. But it's still very much three riders. We have to. The team has to come through with lightning speed, which he does, and at the right timing. Otherwise, we get disqualified. And and Eddie's got to do exactly the same when when Sam pulls up, and then finish it off. You know, and. It's very much team. It's also four. You know, Matt Archibald's the reserve, and he, he trains very hard. And it's hard to break into this team, but he's very much a part of it, like everybody else. Um, 
I've got, got a great crew around me. It's, you know, it makes my job easy. There was a bit of a hiccup there at the start, wasn't there? That eight seconds before launch. Sort of yeah, um, I don't know if I should go into that, but I think it could have been a little bit um, fun and games. We're prepared for it. I just walked back up to the guys and said, you know what's going on on the other side? We're ready for this. We've done the training. Does, does that happen quite a bit? I think that team has done it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah... We, we came prepared, I think, you know, and that was, the, that was the most pleasing thing from a coach's point of view, that I got arrived happy, my brides were healthy, they were strong, uh, and then, you know, we did the job. Yeah, Sam was saying that, um, that you prepare for full starts and things like that. We did, we prepared for everything, you know, and again, there's, we, I don't think we missed anything, and I think we proved it tonight. So what happens now to this team? Two of them are backing up, obviously. We've got three riders with Matt Archibald, Sam and Eddie in the last eight of the sprint which is fantastic, so they'll be racing for medals. Ethan's got a bit of training, but that's probably him for the games now. Then I've got on um, Matt again in the kilo with, with Simon van Velthoven. That'll be a great ride. You know, he's, he's been our strong rider in that over the last four years, and he's constantly a world medalist, so it's going to be a fantastic competition. And then again, Simon and Eddie in the Kieran, and Simon's Olympic medalist. Eddie's in great form. From there, I'm going to give him a few weeks off. <laughs> The New Zealand sprint cycling coach Anthony Peden. The men's pursuit team picked up bronze to claim New Zealand's first medal of the Games. A two-week training camp in Sheffield has New Zealand boxer Alexis Pritchard upbeat about her medal hopes, with women's boxing set to make its Commonwealth Games debut in Glasgow. Pritchard will compete in the 60-kilogram division, where she's ranked second in the Commonwealth and eighth in the world. Her leading opponent is Natasha Jonas of England, who's ranked fifth in the world, but having sparred against her several times in Sheffield, Pritchard told media in Glasgow she's feeling confident. Mentally is probably the biggest thing for me. If I can get that all firing on the, at the right time, then I feel that I can overcome her. It's going to be in the battle of the worlds. We've had um, epic sparring sessions over the last two weeks in Sheffield. We had three um, goes at each other. And it was, it was really good that by the end of it I started to figure it out and seeing her tendencies and... Um, you know, both of us left sparring feeling that whatever happens on the day could go either way. You get on well? I mean, do you, 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 would you well, say you quite good, good chums? I don't think I'd say good chums. We say hi to each other and we say bye to each other and thank you for sparring, but we don't. I haven't really had a good conversation with her. I mean, she's a really friendly friendly person and I'm sure if I sat down and had a chat, she would be happy to do that. But we're not really on that level. I've won, I've lost one fight against her. We fought in April in Liverpool. Yeah. It was a close fight, but um, she definitely got the last two rounds. And the game's being unseated, you really could meet her anywhere, anytime? Yes, I could meet her first fight. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'd like to get a warm-up fight before I get her. That'd be nice. Um, I personally think I've never really had the luck of the draw um, over, the year, over my career, and so I'm hoping that this one will be the one that I get a bunny from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. have, have there been any complaints or anything around the whole no seating thing? It seems a bit strange. It is, does seem strange. I don't think the coaches... I think the coaches are grumbly about it, but I don't really think that the international body or whoever's made the ruling is going to budge. It's the first time female boxing has been at the Games as well. Can you tell us how the Commonwealth Games rank for you in terms of competition? In terms of competition, the Commonwealth Games is probably personally third on the list. So we've got the Olympics and Worlds in the Commonwealth Games. In terms of exposure, the Commonwealth Games would be second. 
you know, we don't get as much exposure through um, world champs and stuff like that. But and so with the exposure comes the hype, which makes it a little bit more. You get a little bit more anxious around it, and I think the focus you, you can probably lose a little bit more focus because of the hype. Would you rather, as a personal preference, have no headgear, or are you happy because it's what you're kind of used to? I pref- honestly, I don't know what it's like to spar without headgear, but I would I prefer having the headgear because I don't want to be cut. Um, I've had a couple of cuts from elbows over the years, and they're tiny little ones, but they do put you out of training, sparring for a couple of days, if not weeks, um, while you're healing. And so I prefer the headgear because it stops the blood in the cuts. I don't like the blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, box it up with the blood. Yeah, that's good. That sounds good. I just don't like like their blood on me. Yeah. At least it's the scoring system is a bit yeah. different, isn't it? The scoring system no longer is point like push the button for one point. They have the five judges and it's gone back to the ten point must system, which is very quite proy. Um, and so the judges are just looking at the fight, not actually doing anything. And at the end of every round, they decide if it's 10-9 or 10-8. Um, and it could be 10-7 for a really, really bad round. So, um, Your thoughts on that? I'm not sure if I necessarily love the system, but I think every boxing system is going to be flawed. It's such a subjective um, way to find out who's the winner or not. I, I'm not sure if they're going to get to the perfect system, but they're trying this one out. There have been a few odd decisions because what happens is that there's five judges, but only three of the judges' decisions actually count in the end. So they drop two off. It's randomly dropped. But if they had the th- if they had three going to blue and two to red and they dropped two of the blue off, then the wrong person kind of wins. And I'm not sure if they're ever going to get to the perfect boxing system. People twist the system as much as they can. The New Zealand boxer Alexis Pritchard. The other New Zealand female boxer is Margan Mucker, who's contesting the middleweight division. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The All Blacks captain, Richie McCaw, has been ushered straight back into the Crusaders' starting 15 for Saturday's Super Rugby semi-final against the Sharks in Christchurch. McCaw has recovered from a rib injury and will play at blindside, pushing Jordan Tofua to the bench. Corey Flynn has claimed the starting hooker's spot for his 150th Crusaders game, with Ben Funnell dropping to the reserves. There are no other changes to the hosts' starting 15 as they chase a record eighth title. The Sharks beat the Crusaders earlier this season in Christchurch, despite playing the majority of the match with just 14 men. However, the hosts were missing several stars, including Dan Carter, Israel Dagg and Kieran Reid for that match, and McCaw says having them back makes the Crusaders a whole lot harder to beat. Without a doubt, having those guys in, in your team, um, you know, it's, it's great to have. I think uh, we, you know, we learned some good lessons uh, in that first game, but we've got to realise that um, you know, that was uh, sort of two months ago in, in finals rugby, so things will have changed a wee bit, but um, I think... Uh, one positive out of uh, getting tipped over last time is certainly, uh, you know, there's a bit of steel there, which you'd expect in a semi, but um, it probably adds an extra little bit, I know, certainly from my point of view it does. And does the steel sort of also come from the fact that you've been in the playoffs so much but haven't won it for so long? Yeah, um, I, I think just 
you know, we've been in the semi-finals for the last couple of years and, uh, you know, haven't performed or, you know, haven't dealt with the critical moments in, in those games, which are the difference. So, um, you know, we're giving ourselves another chance and, um, you know, again, I'm sure, like a lot of playoff games, it comes down to one or two moments, uh, you know, when... It can be when you got the ball when you haven't that uh, maybe the difference and we've got to be good enough to uh, nail them. Is it a game against the Sharks and May kind of still piss you off a little bit that it got away? Oh, well, it was pretty annoying at the time, there's no doubt. Um, but, you know, as you do, you, you move on pretty quick and you pack it away and just, you know, if anything uh, going into this game, we realise... Uh, you know, these guys are pretty efficient at what they do and they, they showed that that night, you know, when they were down to 14, they uh, hang in there. We played a lot of rugby, especially early, and, and didn't didn't score and they just uh, took their chances and, um, you yeah, know, that, that taught us a good lesson, I think. The ribs are kind of a funny injury, though. There's no sort of wincing when you go into contact or nothing like that. No, no, they're pretty good to be honest. Running around out there today, uh, bit of contact, fine. So um, as I said before, you know, have an extra week to uh, to uh, get over them, and you know, certainly made sure they're right. You know, they might have been right last week if we had to have played, but uh, that extra week's nice. How's the scrum looking at the moment? Because obviously Sharky's destroyed the Highlanders last week. Yeah, we realise it's you know it's going to be a good challenge there. You know, I think we saw that uh, when we played them. Um, back uh, in the round robin, um, you know, with the Duplessis brothers, uh, pretty efficient what they do, uh, especially. Um, so, you know, we've got to make sure we get it right, because that, effectively that's what costs the Highlanders the, the game, and um, the Sharks are a very good set-piece team, if you let them get their own way, it's a pretty hard day out. How different is Super Rugby Finals versus round robin rugby? Well, it is different, because um, I think... Even you know, we see this week, you know, the edge there, the guys know that um, we don't get it right, you know, it's the last sort of training you have type thing. Um, and it comes down to one or two moments, um, you know, you get it right or not. And, um, you know, Ralph Romney always can reflect next week, oh, we need to fix this, but there's no, there's no, you know, you get in the game, you've got to fix it straight away, otherwise you, you finish for the year. And uh, that's that's what's good about it too, you know, uh, everything you do sort of counts. I know being on the paddock's more important to you, but it's kind of funny to think that the Crusaders will line up in a final without Dan Carter in a 10 jersey and without Richie in a 7 jersey. Yeah, well, times change, don't they? But uh, I guess from my point of view, just happy to to get a chance to be out there. And, um, you know, if I can do uh, the job I need to, uh, which won't be a lot different to the way I normally play, um, you know, I'm more than happy, just thankful to have a crack. The Crusaders' flanker, Richie McCaw. The Warriors' NRL title credentials face a litmus test at Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday when they take on the table-topping Manly Seagulls. The match will provide a good indication of how the side stacks up heading towards the business end of the season, and coach Andrew McFadden is well aware of the size of the task facing the seventh-placed Warriors. A win for the hosts could lift them to level on points with the fourth-placed Rabbitohs. A loss, though, would likely drop the Auckland club out of the top eight. McFadden says they'll look to shut down the Seagulls' star half-pairing of Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans, but those aren't the only dangers. Alex Coogan-Reeves spoke to the Warriors' talismanic winger Manu Vatuve, who says they can ill afford another slow start after last week's loss to the Broncos in Brisbane. We started off really well and um, kind of dropped off uh, near the end um, with a few errors and putting a lot of pressure on ourselves and um, you know the Broncos capitalised on, on them so um, it's something that you know we've got to make sure that um, whenever there's an error we've got to bounce back straight away and, and defend it so um, that's just one thing I think we're going to concentrate on this week because because um, Manly is a team that that puts a lot of pressure on teams and um, it just depends on how uh, well you bounce back from it. And Manly will probably look to um, create some opportunities on the edges. You feel like you're ready for that defensively? Yeah, I think um, 
I think on our, on our lift ages, um, we're, we're really confident on, on how we've been going the last few weeks. And, um, you know, we just got to make sure we have a line and, and, and trust each other. So, um, you know, both ages are going to work hard this week and um, we're going to see a lot of ball come, come our way. And, um, you know, we just got to be strong in the middle too because they've got some big um, boys that can play and, and run hard. So, um, you know, they're, they're dangerous all over the park and, um, you know, it's going to be um, a team that, they will wonder the, the most that will win the game. And obviously uh, David Fusatua had a bit of a rough game, now finds himself out of the team this week. Have, have you um, had a word to him or will you sort of try and help him? He had a, obviously a few little mistakes in there. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, and everyone goes through, through their career. And, um, you know, you can never have a, a, a good game every time. And, um, you know, that's, that's a learning curve for himself. And, um, you know, he's just got to practice on... Look, look back at it and just learn from the little mistakes that he's did. So, um, you know, um, you know, all we can do is just support him and make sure um, his his mindset's in the right place and, and making sure that you know he he trains and, and works on those little things and um, bounce back even harder. And just uh, generally looking at Manly, um, pretty tough having the top of the table team come here, but. Uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago we had Penrith come here in a pretty similar position and were able to take care of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, kind of played really well. Um, every team plays really well in their home home ground, and um, we want to make sure that um, we do that every time we play at home. And um, every game now, from now on, is, is critical right now. And um, just just because the table's real close, so um, you know it's going to be a tough game for us, but. We know what we have to do and, and what we have to bring to um, to win the game. So all the boys are going to be happy with that. So, yeah. As players, do you guys look at the table a lot and are, are aware of what different results mean as, as each round goes past? Because as it gets closer, obviously each game takes on more importance. Yeah, definitely. And um, <clears throat> shows everywhere. Like you know, everyone talks about it, um, how close the table is and um, what what a loss or a win can do to you. So it's either take you down on the table or bring you up. So. Um, every team has has a chance to share, and um, you know, it's just a um, you know we just got to focus on it and take it week by week, and, and making sure that um, we stick to our processes and um, and perform in the week. And mainly at home, obviously it's still a tough proposition, but you feel like you probably need to be able to beat teams like that if if you want to make a go of the postseason anyway. Yeah, definitely. There's um, there's. This can show where we're at at the moment with a, with a real tough team that that's on top of the table for for one for for good reason. So um, you know we just got to make sure we we turn up and not have the attitude we had last week because um, you know Manny's going to be a team that um, with every mistake you'll do um, they'll they'll jump on um, on top of it and, and, and make make the most of it. So. Um, we just got to make sure, like you know, if, if that happens, then uh, our defense is going to be real strong, especially on the line. Um, but you know, we just got to slow them down and make sure um, we build a lot of pressure on each other. So, yeah. Manu Vatuve speaking to Alex Coogan Reeves. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The English Premier League football sides Newcastle United and West Ham United are in New Zealand playing games against the Wellington Phoenix and fellow A-League side Sydney FC. It's the first time two top-flight English teams have been in New Zealand at the same time. Newcastle trounced Sydney 4-0 in the opening match in Dunedin, highlighting the difference in class between the two leagues. It was feared the Phoenix would suffer the same fate at the hands of West Ham in Auckland, but the Wellington side pulled one out of the bag to cause a shock 2-1 upset at Eden Park. This weekend, the Phoenix play Newcastle 
Newcastle and Sydney play West Ham in a Wellington doubleheader, and home fans are bullish about their chances of claiming an unprecedented two Premier League scalps. Bridget Tunnicliffe spoke to the Newcastle manager Alan Pardew about the historic tour, the quality of the A-League and New Zealand football, Newcastle's pre-season regime and their match against the Phoenix. We prepare to win the game. We're in good shape. The guys are working hard. It is our pre-season. We're a little bit under fatigue going into this game, but that's uh, how pre-season should be. Um, but we still expect to win. Do you think West Ham might have underestimated the Phoenix? No, I don't think so. But, the, you know, when you're in pre-season, West Ham could well have had a very, very hard day the day before. You know, you uh, schedule the game sometimes around tough days, and they might have done that and might have been a little bit lacklustre. Uh, but that's, no, you know, no excuse. Phoenix are obviously got a strong side. Um, and because uh, they couldn't beat West Ham even under fatigue if they wasn't. And have you had much chance to analyse the Phoenix game, look at videos and that sort of thing? Not really because we focus on ourselves at this time of the year and uh, we'll just go out there with our game plan and try to dictate the game and I think we'll probably do that. Is there quite a difference in style when you're playing in a New Zealand team and even an Australian team to what you're used to playing week in week out back home? No, not really. I think the um, the psychology and the temperament of the players here is very similar to British players, and um, you know, there's a sort of a, a willingness to win and, a, and a, an, an honesty about the football. And I think um, what we see at Sydney and what we've seen little clips of the Phoenix game last night was the same: a real honesty on the pitch, real good physical specimens, and, and a good technical level. You know, being a Premier League side, we should be technically better, and we need to we need to give ourselves a platform to show that by matching the physical uh, part of the game. Do you tailor your training much to your opposition? Not really, no. We're just really tailoring to the start of Man City, which is uh, about three, four weeks before us now. Do you like the, this concept of the coming down here and doing something a bit different? Would you like to see other teams back home do the same thing? Perhaps? Well, we'll certainly be taking for our back a glowing report from, our, from our, my point of view. Um, if there was another Premier League Sieg side to come out here next year, uh, I would say that they get a fabulous welcome, that the, uh, the facilities are first class and uh, the people have been amazing. You know, we've had such great support here um, and we've really enjoyed it. Uh, and of course, the most important thing is, as the game's been competitive and the answer to that is an emphatic yes. So um, 10 out of 10 so far. The Newcastle United football manager, Alan Pardew, speaking to Bridget Tunnicliffe. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.